All right, away we go. Oops, what's happening? The 1940s golden age of radio. Whoa, ho, ho. Turn back that dial and stay for a while. The times are a changing. A podcast news sound taking it back. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? We're on a new track, a new track. Hello and welcome to another episode of Second Golden Age of Radio. That's where myself, Richard Templeman, and a guest talk about a certain old time radio series. Boo 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 boo. We talk about a certain old-time radio series, listen to an episode of it, react to it, respond to it, then make our own new version of said radio show. Today's special guest is Eric Studer. Eric, welcome to the program. Do you have any background? So I admit I'm not much of a radio guy. Uh, So when you asked me to participate in the podcast i had no expectations about what it was going to be actually so i i don't know enough about um old-timey radio outside of uh movies or sketches or anything like that to have a real honest opinion about it but uh, i do love dashiell hammett uh stories uh, maltese falcon is is one of the greatest noir movies of all time and brick by ryan johnson is a neo-noir film, very much in the style of Dash and Hammett, and it is uh, one of my top five favorite movies of all time. So, when you proposed The Falcon to me, I admit I was super excited, because these types of detective stories are super fun. I will talk about the show we're going to talk about today, called The Falcon. And The Falcon radio series premiered on the American Blue Network in April 1943, and continued on the air until around September 1952. I do know that the episode we're listening to today aired on NBC. In the introduction, the show began with the adventures of the Falcon, the continu- and then they continue with a ringing phone call to the Falcon, also known as Michael Waring, from a woman in which her voice is never heard. He would reply to her, and another adventure would follow. Waring was a snappy and sarcastic fellow. With the incompetent police, who were inevitably unable to solve the mystery without help. So it's a radio series that also was a film, etc., etc. It had danger, romance, comedy, all splitting the difference. The Falcon had many voices portraying him, beginning with Barry Kroger, and then James Meegan later became the voice of the Falcon, followed by Les Tremaine, George Petrie, and Les Damon. So that is what series we're covering today, The Falcon, and the episode in particular we're listening to is called The Falcon, The Case of the Puzzling Pinup, from November 19th, 1950. I can't wait to listen to this one and return and talk about it. We'll be right back. We'll BRB. Bring radio back. (laughs) The Kraft Foods Company brings you The Adventures of the Falcon, starring Les Damon. Hello? Yes, this is the Falcon speaking. 
Oh, Phyllis. Now I'm glad you called. Now you'll have to give me a rain check, Angel. I'm all tied up. But that's only temporary. Some efficiency expert is dropping around to demonstrate that if I plan my work properly, I'll have time to kill. This is Ed Hurley, friends, inviting you on behalf of the Kraft Foods Company to listen to The Adventures of the Falcon. You met the Falcon first in his best-selling novels. Then you saw him in his thrilling motion picture series. Now join him on the air when the Falcon solves... The Case of the Puzzling Pinup. And this one was way better than I was expecting because it was so bad. Uh, I just really, really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it with you. Thank you so much, Eric. I am so excited to be talking about this particular episode about the puzzling pinup or whatever. Yes, it was It was so bad, it was good, because of some parts I was like, what's happening? And I thought, oh my god, there's a lot of death happening. Like, we meet two characters in the very beginning of the episode, like right after the little cold open. We meet two characters, and immediately they both die. And I was like, wow, this is dark. But it was lighter, too. Like, they say they combine in the Falcon a lot of lighter elements of comedy, but also darker elements such as death. But I think the parts that were unintentionally funny were the best. I totally agree with you. I There was there was so much death in that 30-minute episode. And in fact, it was surprising to me because that was in the 40s, I think, right? Um, the fact that it opened with a murder-suicide? It blew my mind. I didn't know. I, I mean, I legitimately thought that that would have been something that w they would have censored in in that era of radio. So at, at first, I thought, "Wow, that's bold. This is this must have like a lot of clout if NBC is willing to let them open a show with a murder suicide." Uh, but then, no, it went. <laughs> it completely went pear shaped after that. Um, one of my favorite things, speaking of the violence, though, that I just loved, and I've got like every time this happened, I have a note in my my journal. Um, the constant, where did that gun come from? <laughs> People constantly pulling guns from nowhere and pointing them for no reason. And because it's radio, whoever is, has the gun pointed at them has to declare that they now have a gun pointed at them. And it just, it was, it, it just felt like this amazing running gag uh, that just was, it, every time someone pulled a gun, I wanted to do a shot of tequila or something. Um, it, was a, it was a straight up, straight up, uh, um, uh, drinking game, but going back to the 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 the, the title of the episode, the puzzling pinup. I, I was expecting something completely different when the episode started because a pinup is usually supposed to be kind of sexy and um, alluring, and this was just a photo of a murder suicide. I mean, what a bizarre. What a bizarre word to use um, for the, uh, candid photos of a murder-suicide. Very strange. <laughs> Very strange. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was great. And then just, like, the, the random punch that happened to come right when the guy, the, the, the guy who had been poisoned, the poison take, took effect. And then just, and then, yeah, the ineffectual police department... Yeah, it was. There was there was a lot of moments that I I really really enjoyed. I, I've listened to it twice at this point, um, but yeah, yeah. I, that's all I have to say on the violence at this point. I'm I'm sure it will come back up though. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Um, by the way, Eric, 
I hope you have your tequila ready because I'm pulling out a gun and pointing it at your head. So I hope you drink another shot of tequila. No, but really, that was legitimately violent. The the idea behind the show I still find fascinating that they wanted it to be a mixture of dramatic and funny, but I think back in that day they're missing the mark. Like there's plenty of shows that are weeds or pretty much any show that's on cable networks that have a very serious plot but then have lots of like super funny moments within the serious plot but this one is like oh that was dark you have two dead bodies oh and a pinup you're right it's usually associated with uh, a scantily clad woman that you would pin up in your apartment not dead bodies and like they're like oh it's so embarrassing our son killed himself and killed his lover we're gonna make him die in a car accident that's much more becoming of him it's like so in the end the son's dead he can't go to trial for murder so what's done is done and it's an elaborate cover-up for a rich kid who had some kind of mental disability or problems that because it was 1950 it hadn't been properly diagnosed and he wasn't medicated or something because he went a little bananas and he's like if i can't have you no one can have you and i will die too which is the worst thing there's so many cases in real life where people think well i want to take these people with me it's like okay if you're gonna die anyway let yourself die do not take people with you. I know we're we're very dark on this episode, and I know it's um, a funny podcast, but it's also dark, so we have to go back and forth. And, it, you know, if I run into a policeman, he might go, burr, 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 burr. I don't know anything. So we'll figure this out. Anything else about the plot? that I forgot about. I feel like personally, given uh, how many commercials there was for it, it does qualify as part of the plot. Either way, I, I have to address um, the two pound cheese log, cheese product log that is Velveeta. I, let me see, I'm gonna grab my notes. Okay, what did I write down? I wrote down, <clears throat> sorry. There it is. Cheese food. Melt a half pound. <laughs> Don't forget to buy a two pound log. I could not believe um, that this is food that people ate in the 50s. I am not a healthy person, person by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, for dinner tonight, I heated up a bowl of microwave chili that was ready to eat in one minute. So I'm not claiming to be a health fanatic, but a two-pound log of Velveeta? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, that, that was maybe the funniest part, actually, of the whole episode. Even more so, given that... It, the first, the cheese log commercial occurred um, immediately after the opening tragedy uh, of the murder-suicide. And you're, you're absolutely right. I didn't even think about it, but it is such a good point about how um, just unrecognized and unaddressed mental health issues were in that period of time that they don't even, it's not even a, a question. It's like, oh, well, yeah, he was just a, you know, uh, uh. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think that those were probably the biggest the biggest elements that um, I remember of the episode. I mean, the, the the only other thing that I thought was hilarious at the end was the the evil co-conspirators conspirator who was actually the murderer to throw the falcon off the trail thought that he would do it by replacing the actual photos in the envelope with a picture of the brooklyn dodgers i don't know how that was going to help anything i feel like it would have been less suspicious to put in the envelope a letter saying i took the actual photos it it was just, it blew my mind that that was the direction that they went such to the point where, like, did they have some sort of a cross-promotional thing with the Dodgers at that point where they had to mention them a certain number of times in an episode? I don't know. Uh, that just, that was another thing that stuck out at me. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, it was great. It was, it was, it was super funny. Um, and the Falcon is, I think, maybe the worst private dick in the history of the planet. But, you know, that's just me. Oh, well, good morning, ladies. I bet you're all wondering what you should be making for your recipes for dinner tonight. Might I suggest a new menu item? Well, I think you should get Kraft Velveeta cheese loaves. They're a two-pound loaf. If you cut a fourth of it, you can put it in your double broiler, mommy. And you can cut it and, and add milk and add your seasonings of choice and put it on vegetables. You could put it on rice. You could even put it on toast to make a hearty, wholesome meal. I just love my Velveeta loaves. And mother, you've got to make it. It will enhance every meal. Also, I was going to say, the third section of our podcast would be, how can we remake this into being a modern day like reboot of falcon so i guess we would have more csi type crime fighting in it yeah you could have a private detective in this day and age but they would be using facebook internet google lots of different things so how could you and i make this film noir type of detective but do it in the modern era. Okay, I just re-listened to it. So he knew him as the killer because there were no fingerprints and the guy knew that there were no fingerprints, but the Falcon had touched the phone after the murder, which means that the guy had to have wiped down the phone which included all of the fingerprints, including Falcons. So when they did a fingerprint analysis and found nothing on the phone, the only person who could have done it was the newspaper guy. And, and that's how he figured out that he was the guilty party. And the family wasn't in on it. They were just, I don't, I don't know. They, they wanted to keep it quiet. God forbid that the family wanted to keep it within the family and didn't want to make a big public display of it. But they were completely innocent of it. And the newspaper guy who had access to the photos was going to blackmail them. So why he like brought in the Falcon is not clear to me, but I don't think it was clear to them either. Mm, mind blown. Okay, now I get it. The parents were mostly just guilty of covering up a murder, not causing more murders to happen. Or, yeah, making it look like two suicides happened instead of one murder and one suicide. Or actually, one accidental death and one suicide when really it was a murder-suicide. 
So the Falcon. Lucky they invited him to spoil their plans. Either the family or the newspaper guy involving the Falcon was not a good idea. And you're right. He touched the phone. He remembers he lifted the receiver. Therefore, there should have been some set of fingerprints. And because there are none, guilty. Guilty indeed. So now that we have everything wrapped up and we know where we stand, where do we go from here? Do we start with a Kraft cheese commercial? Yeah. I think we should start with the Kraft Cheese commercial because then we can ease our way into the episode. Okay, so just before uh, we get started, just for, for clarity's sake, are we just going to go back and forth? Yeah, I think that works fine. We come to you with another episode of The Falcon. We hope you enjoy it, but we couldn't have the Falcon unless we had a sponsor. And that sponsor is Kraft. You remember Kraft. Those Kraft singles you used as a child. You would open up the individual plastic wrappers and just devour them. Or put them on a grilled cheese sandwich, no less. Well, Kraft nowadays has many, many, many products that we're happy to announce. They have, and I quote, Easy Mac, because who wants to wait for a traditional 10 to 20 minute macaroni situation? With Easy Mac, you only have to wait four minutes or less, depending on how long your microwave takes to warm them up. So with Easy Mac and all of our other Kraft cheese products, it will make your life exactly like the product says, Easy Mac. Here's the jingle. Craft Easy Mac, now with more preservatives. Because less preservatives was actually more expensive. So we put more in to save money. And we pass that savings on to you. It's Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. So ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. Tonight is another scintillating episode of The Falcon. This week's episode, The Unnecessary Pinup. Look, being the Falcon is a hard job. And in this day and age, with technology being what it is, I get messages on Instagram, on Twitter, on my Facebook. That's why I go by the Falcon, because when it's my day off, I like to turn off all the social medias and just shut it down. Well, I was about to do just that, when all of a sudden I got a DM on my Twitter, someone added me, whatever that means, and I, I, I hear there's some scintillating case going on. Um, he, he typed a very compelling argument, and I knew I couldn't rest this weekend. I had to go to another case. Oh, I tells you, I've been pacing here for the last 30 minutes. Where is that Falcon guy? I didn't DM him for nothing. I got news here that he's going to want to hear about. Where is he? Oh, this, this parking garage in the middle of Seattle. Oh, I just hope he doesn't spot my gun that I'm carrying underneath my jacket. Oh, the pictures I've got in this manila envelope. Boy, will he be shocked when I show him these. Where could he be? Wait, 
Are those footsteps that I hear? Ah, you there, Falcon. I knew it was you. Come over here. I'm behind this dark pillar. I'm sorry I'm late, fella, but... Do you know how many old abandoned parking lots there are in Seattle at this hour? I, uh, I saw the pin you left me for the coordinates, the little GPS pin, and, uh, it was in between two or three separate parking lots, so you'll have to forgive me. Um, anyway, yeah, I guess the darkness is safer, but, um, I would like to see what you have to show me, and I might need a cell phone light to really examine what it is. Sure, I got you covered. You know what? Never, never mind. I, I don't know why I went to Kinko's to print up these photos. I just kind of thought it was, you know, kind of kitschy, retro a little bit. I don't know. Wait, here, hold on. Let me just grab my phone here. Uh, I'll just show you the pictures right on my phone. Yeah, there you go. Take a look at that. You see those two bodies down there? You know who they are? They're the Count and the Countess of Transylvania. They said that they died in a tragic airplane accident, but in reality, they were murdered. But I don't understand. If they were murdered, then how come all the news outlets and the Associated Press and Google and Yahoo and, and AOL, which is why is AOL still a thing, but they still had it on their website? How come all the breaking news that everyone was reporting, either on the internet or in television, purported about a plane crash with confirmed DNA from the Count and the Countess of Transylvania? This this makes no sense. Why, why even pretend that they died by accident if it was really murder? Who 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 would do that? Yeah. Well, why do you think I DM'd you, Falcon? They say that you're the man for the job. I've got an inside scoop, but uh, I'm not sure I'm ready to give it up to you right away. How do I know that I can trust you? Well, as you saw on my social medias, everything has a green check mark. So literally that green check mark means I'm a trusted entity of the internet. Since I do most of my sleuthing online, because that's the way of the future, I can do most of it from my um, from my um, office, you see. So if I'm doing my office sleuthing and then I limit my um, gumshoe um, actual walking to a minimum, then um, I solve most crimes by dinner time, like literally. Huh, so that's what that check mark meant. That's interesting. I always saw those and I never really understood it. Ah, that, you learn something new every day. Okay, well, if the internet says that I can trust you, then, I mean, why would the internet lie? I, it's, you know, there's just no point in it. Okay, well, okay, that's fine. All right, I'll just regroup here. <sighs> so, the Countess and the Count of Transylvania didn't die in a plane wreck. They were murdered. They were murdered by the one person that had something to gain from their death. And I'll tell you who that is right after I take a sip of my- Oh! Oh! I've been shot! I've been shot! Falcon! Falcon, I'm dying! I'm dying! I'm dead! That was dramatic! Um, uh, quickly, I'm, I'm gonna run over, hide behind a car, see if there's anyone out here. There's like literally no one out here. This is so peculiar. Wait, either someone jumped in, shot him and jumped right out or 
Or there's something more at play here. Let me examine this fellow's body. You know, he went to all the trouble of printing out these um, pictures at FedEx Kinko's. I'm gonna go ahead and take that uh, with me. Now this, oh my goodness. I have seen this online before. This bullet was inside of him. The, the exit wound goes out on the, his front and out on his back, he swallowed a micro bomb. No one shot him. So before he came to meet with me, somebody already planned on killing him. Just when he was gonna tell me who that someone probably was, the bomb went off. Now this sounds like it might take till dinner time tomorrow at least, you know might take two dinner times worth and that you know that's my whole weekend gone but uh, I'll try not to be cynical this is a this is a tantalizing case for me uh, I'm gonna go back to my office now and um, I'm gonna Google the Google the Google out of this I, I've got to I've got to figure this out later back at the Falcons detective agency's headquarters the Falcon sits alone at his desk sipping a fine liqueur as he Googles information about the microbomb that has recently killed the man who was going to tell him the truth about the murder of the Count and the Countess of Transylvania. But one mystery lingered above all else. Why, when the Falcon opened the envelope, was it a pinup of Don Knotts? <gasps> Don Knotts! Now, on the guy's cell phone, there was clearly the bodies of the Count and Countess. So not only did someone feed this dude a microbomb while they were with his presence, but they switched out his Kinko's copy of the picture. And what does Don Knotts have to do with this? He's been dead for quite some time. This is not funny. This is no episode of Andy Griffith or, or Three's Company. This is no good, is what this is. All right, I'll Google a little bit more. The technology for the microbombs came out in Korea. Um, have recently made their way to the United States. Okay, Dr. Fukunawa from Japan also had a patent on it. Okay, no. It's not helping me. What does Transylvania have to do with Korea, have to do with the United States, have to do with Japan? Unless, oh, it's an international coup. Who most wanted the Count and Countess from Transylvania killed? Who's the most to benefit? That's what the man was saying. Who most benefits? Aha. Uh -huh. There is some sort of arms war between the United States, Korea, and Japan, and the only people standing in the way was Transylvania. They had a peace treaty, which meant between these nations of Transylvania, the United States, Japan, and Korea, there couldn't be any selling or buying of weapons. And a microbomb is a weapon. So how ironic, if you kill the Count and Countess, now I wonder, I just wonder if those dead bodies, which 
seemed to have been missing in a plane crash, also were struck by micro bombs. You see, I'm getting a lot of detective work done right here in my office and using my brain. And no wonder people DM me all the time and ask for my help. I'm kind of a genius and so humble too. And as the Falcon was marveling at his own genius by being able to correctly Google information on the internet, a knock came at the door. And before he could let the stranger in through the front, a femme fatale, beauty amongst all, wandered through. And seeing the Falcon sit at his desk, she began, oh, Mr. Falcon, Mr. Falcon, thank God I found you. It's my husband, Mr. Falcon. It's my husband. He's been killed, sir. He's been killed. You're the only one who can save him. The only one. I don't see how I can revive him to um, make him alive again, otherwise to save him. The only thing I can think of right now is those big, beautiful eyes. And I think if I can save you, well, let me know what I can do, and let me know how you found my apartment. Oh, you're, you're quite right, Mr. Falcon, quite right. He can't be saved. No, he can't be saved. But, but perhaps, just perhaps, you can help me find the man who did this to him. You see, I got a call. He was found in a parking lot. A microbomb had detonated inside of him. The culprit clearly fled the scene of the crime. They have him all over the security cameras. But they just couldn't capture his face. This face, you see, it was shrouded, shrouded in, in shadow. And I come to you knowing that you're the only man who can track down my husband's killer who was standing next to him at the moment of his death. My husband was the ambassador to Transylvania, you see. And with the recent deaths of the Count and Countess, well, I just... I don't want the world to think that somehow he was responsible. Well, of course, I'm gonna have to level with you. Most of the information you have is correct, and then the rest is very incorrect. I was with your husband at the moment of his demise, and um, as microbombs go, they have to be ingested before the timer can go off. Therefore, I would venture to guess probably 45 minutes to an hour before I met him in that parking garage is when he was incepted with this um, mechanism, probably, you know, in an hors d'oeuvre he had. So we need to find out where your husband was before he met me in the parking garage. By the way, um, I was there the parking garage and I'm already mixed up in his death so we've really got to solve this faster than I thought and uh oh, that's helpful information that his identity is the ambassador to Transylvania thank you um your name well my name is Blanche Delacroix of course and my husband Reginald Delacroix he, he was renowned in, 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 in Washington for his, his unique approach to, to Transylvanian-United States relations. As you know, he, you know Transylvania was the, the keystone, if you will, between the, 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 the various countries of Korea, the United States and Japan and, and the No Arms Treaty. So you must forgive me, it's, it's quite ironic that he was killed by a microbomb, the very device and he tried so hard to keep out of our countries, our fair borders, our fair borders. Oh, well, in any case, I guess, I guess I'll go home 
Um, you know, if you ever want to come by for dinner sometime, please stop. You can find me at the corner of, of Fifth Avenue and, and Madison. If you come down, maybe, I don't know, tonight, tomorrow night, perhaps we could um, have a nice meal or drinks at the very least. Well, Mrs. Delacroix, I think I will take you up on your offer, but only because I need to protect you. If they've killed your husband, there's no question that they'll go after you, his wife. Oh, man, this is no good. No, 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 no good. In fact, have you eaten today at any point? Please be honest. What? Just the meal that I made for myself and, and Reginald before he left to meet you? Why? Is that critical? Does that have some bearing? Am I in danger? Well, I don't want to alarm you, but he did pass away about 45 minutes to an hour after he consumed your meal. So someone could have cooked your books? Or rather, put something dastardly into the ingredients that you use to make dinner. Lucky for you, I do have this gadget. It's kind of a whiz-bang little thing I picked up from the black market, so I won't be telling you what parts of the dark web I got this on. However, it is a miniature x-ray machine. It is the size of an iPad mini. So I will just turn off the lights, because it will help me see the screen a little better. And I am going to scan your esophagus all the way down to your stomach. And as you can see on the screen here, there is something quite alarming um, coming down just toward your lower intestinal region. It is metallic, and it seems to be probably the same technology that killed your husband. If we don't get this out fast, I believe you're going to die and you might take me too. Who knows? Oh, I'm not going to stay conscious. I'm fainting. I'm fainting. Actually, that helps me in this situation because I wasn't going to tell her that I also have some really expensive surgical equipment in the travel size that I could fit here in my Ikea desk. Um, now that she's unconscious, I'll just make sure to numb the areas around her abdominal area. Sorry, honey, but if we don't get this out, it ain't gonna be pretty either way. So I will get my travel size um, scalpel here and I will make a small incision and just ever so slightly with my gloved hand i am going to without disturbing the mechanism slowly bring it out and it is here and i do have a safe in my apartment as well i will put it in there and hopefully the bulletproof safe in all of its glory will keep that from causing harm when it detonates if it detonates Alright, and I do have the equipment here to be able to stitch up poor, poor little deer. Alright, and uh, I'm done, and done. I'm just gonna pick her up and lay her on the bed, and whenever she wakes up, I think we'll have to make a run for it. Several hours pass in the tense office of the Falcon, but eventually, Blanche Delacroix comes to her senses. She leans up off the couch 
and the first person she sees, of course, is the Falcon. Anxiously pacing back and forth across his office, hoping that his patient recovers. Oh, Mr. Falcon, what happened? My, my abdomen, my abdominal region, it hurts so much. But, but I feel, I feel as if I'm, I'm safe. My God, did you remove the obstruction from my body? Thank you, thank you, Falcon, thank you. I did remove that obstruction. Now the only thing obstructing us is whoever is responsible for planting these devices in your home. I'm sorry we have to do this, but take me quickly to 5th and Madison so we can take a peek inside your living quarters and see if there's any more dangerous weapons on site. We'll return to more of the thrilling adventures of the Falcon and in the case of the unnecessary pinup, but first, Another message from our sponsors at Kraft Cheeses. Have you ever wondered what to do with all of the plastic wrappers after you've finished making a wonderful Kraft Cheese sandwich? Well, why not tape them together? You can tape them together and make a nice flat sheet of plastic, useful for many things. For instance, do you need a tarp? Do you need some sort of device, or rather, some sort of material that you can wrap over other things? These are just some of the simple tips that we here at Kraft Foods Industries like to share with our customers who enjoy our cheese products. Now, back to the Falcon. Well, well, well. Blanche, Blanche, Blanche. Just getting a look at your lavish apartment here in the upper side of Seattle. I'm seeing that You've got everything you need. You've got all the modern appliances, everything's stainless steel, everything is granite countertops and um, shiny and new. What's this I see? Why is that what I think it is? The entire Blu-ray set of the Andy Griffith Show? Every single episode of all the seasons of Andy Griffith? which also stars Don Knotts as Barney Fife. Mr. Falcon, I, what, what are you implying, sir? I, I, I must confess, I, I, I do like Blu-rays. I mean, you can stream Andy Griffith from Netflix or Hulu or any of the other fine streaming platforms available to us, but there's something nice about having, you know, the physical medium, and that's why I choose Blu-rays. I don't, I don't understand what you're, you're getting at, sir. Are you... Are you implying something? Only that your love of Don Knotts and Andy Griffith relates suspiciously to your husband's death. For instance, he said he printed off at FedEx Kinko's pictures of a certain murder of two certain count countesses of Transylvania, that's what I'm getting at. The Count Countess of Transylvania, they were they were murdered. He had pictures on his phone that he printed out. But somehow, headshots of Don Knotts were in their place. And if you have such a love of this deceased actor, I think it really pulls you into a more suspicious light, as if you could be complicit in the death. In fact, why would that bomb in your body 
not have gone off before I rescued you. You could have planted it there and made sure that I would discover it and save your life. But that would make you look innocent, because why would you have a bomb in you? But also the Don Knotts pictures makes you seem guilty. I need explanations. Stop making this harder for me. Stop putting more questions here, because by dinner time tomorrow, I really want to be done with this. Why, wow, your, your skills as a master sleuth precede you. <gasps> oh, yes, yes, that's right. Yes, I have a gun. I'm pointing it at you now, Mr. Falcon. You discovered my ruse. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have gone to you. I knew you were too, you were too clever. But I felt I, I had to take a chance. You see, I was behind it all. I'm the one who killed my poor, poor Reginald. Someone had to take the fall. Someone, someone was about to discover the sale of my microbombs to the Chinese and the Japanese and the Koreans and the Americans all at the same time. If he died and it looked like I was also the victim of a, or at least an attempted victim of this microbomb killer, then I'd be off scot-free. Oh, if only I had gone to a less capable detective. That's exactly what I was thinking, darling. But you're not so much a darling anymore to me, are you? Well, you can point that gun all you want at me, but truth be told, you may have been without your purse for the last three hours when you were unconscious due to the fact that I was performing some inter-office surgery on you. If you go ahead and pull the trigger, you'll see that maybe the gun is not as loaded as you think it is. Oh, well, we will see about that. I'm calling your bluff, Mr. Falcon. Click, 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 click. No, no, it can't be. How could you have found that gun? I hid it in this, this secret pouch of my purse. Oh, you dastardly detective. Why? Why did I come to you? You were the only chink in my perfect plan. Well, another thing is, um, I don't usually like involving police in these matters, or FBI, or Homeland Security, but I do have them on speed dial. And while you were taking me around your apartment and admitting all of your faults as a criminal, they have been on the line. I have had it on speakerphone. So I feel as if it will do no good to try to murder me anyway. I think your days are up, little Miss Blanche. Oh. I solved it way before dinner time tomorrow, and that makes me happy. And next time, why don't you go find a detective from the Yellow Pages, someone who's not as clever as the Falcon? I'm just saying. It was a pleasure to meet you, but boys? Boys? Oh, and, and ladies of the Bureau? Okay, cool. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't mean to say just boys. I, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, all you guys are a team. All you teams are not just guys. Got it. Sorry. No, I was just trying to be clever, calling you guys, one of the guys, one of the one of the boys, but I, I didn't mean it. Yes. All right, people of all the bureaus and agencies, thank you for coming. She's right here. She admitted to espionage and arms dealership throughout the multi-countries, okay? You got her. You got her. Oh. Oh, not so rough, you men and women of the state and federal authorities. Oh, 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 Mr. Falcon, Mr. Falcon, please, 
please show mercy. Or at the very least, follow me on Instagram. I'm most likely to post. Oh, no! But before she could give me her handles on the various social medias that she did participate in, she was gone. So quickly, these... Well, I used to call them dames, but I, I guess I should call them individuals. So often, these individuals just waltz into my life and get ripped away. That's why I really don't have any dating apps, and probably shouldn't get any because I attract such as this criminal that came into my life. I, I attract them. I attract these um, wayward people of the world, and it's just my lot in life. I'm not saying I'm the best detective, but I definitely not the worst detective. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we here at the NBC think that the Falcon sells himself too short because he once again solved another impossibly complicated case, and the mystery of the unnecessary pinup has come to a successful resolution. Tune in next week for our next thrilling episode, The Picture Frame of Doom. Yay! I thought that went splendidly. And I thought we did a great job. Indeed. Thank you for having fun with me. That was great. I'm glad... <laughs> I'm super happy that you decided to be the Falcon so I could do just silly characters and voices the whole time. That was that that was enthralling not to have the weight of the narrative on my shoulders. <laughs> but uh, thanks for playing with me, Richard. And thank you as well, Eric. It was a blast. And yeah, that worked out great. I'm glad that you picked or I picked to be the Falcon so you could pick to be the tertiary characters. It was great. Okay, well, my battery is at like 10%. So I'm going to sign off if you need me to do anything, pick up anything, whatever. Just uh, let me know, but otherwise, I had a blast. Thanks, Richard. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. We definitely appreciate your participation. So that does it for another episode of Second Golden Age of Radio with our special guest, Eric Stewart. Thank you so much for joining us. It has been fun working on this Falcon episode with you learning about the original Falcon and then taking our new spin on the Falcon if the Falcon was on the radio or on television today. And I think we did a great job. Thank you again for joining us. Tune in next week for another installment of Second Golden Age of Radio. Bye. Miracle Whip has a flavor so pleasing. Miracle Whip tastes so lively, so teasing. Miracle Whip only one of its kind. Miracle Whip best salad dressing you'll find. Miracle Whip is the only one of its kind because it's a different type of salad dressing made from a secret craft recipe. Miracle Whip combines the best qualities of old-fashioned boiled dressing and fine mayonnaise, so it's truly distinctive and delicious, with a flavor millions of folks call just exactly right. Try it, won't you? One taste will tell you why it's America's favorite salad dressing, the one and only Miracle Whip. The case of the puzzling pinup.
It's Sunday afternoon in New York, and a young man named Charles Sylvester Braden II breaks all records dashing up the steps of a small rooming house in New York's west side. And when he gets to the top floor, he begins hammering on the door of room 413. Come on, Pat. Open up. Who is it? You know who it is. Now open up. Go away, Charles. No, no. You, you, you can't send me away like this. I've got to talk to you. All right. Just a second. Lock it. No, it's all right. Nobody will disturb us. I said lock it. Look, Charles, you, you're not well. Don't you believe it for a second. Don't you see, Pat? It, it was just a scheme to keep us apart. But I fooled them. Charles, please don't lock that door. What's the matter, Pat? Don't you trust me either? Of course I do. It, it's just that I, I, I don't like to see you so upset. Look, I, I've got an idea. What are you doing with that phone? I was just going to call your father. Put it down. But, Charles... Put it down. So, so you're working with them, too. No, I'm not. Then prove it. Marry me. You're insane. What did you say? Nothing, Charles. You're lying. I... I... You were going to say I was insane. I I wasn't, I swear. I'll give you one last chance. I've got a car downstairs. Will you come with me? Look, Charles. Answer me. But, darling... All right, Pat. You had your opportunity... What are you doing with that gun? I gave you your chance, Pat. You'll have to admit that. Darling, now, listen to me. I, I've, I've changed my mind. How do I, I know that you won't change it again? Charles, you can't do this. They'll, they'll hang you. No. No, they won't. You see, I'll be dead. No. Yes, you don't think I'd let you go without Charles, me. Charles, please. Don't be afraid, Pat. I'll be right by your side. Goodbye, darling. No. 